Fit for Life Radio, episode 98. Gary and Will here. What's up? The undynamic duo. Undynamic, non-dynamic, static duo. Mm-hmm. We're just here. Today we're doing a Q&A. Posted up some questions. I don't even think we've looked at all of them, but we're going to just answer them away. We're the going to rip through them. Last Q&A we did was one of our most downloaded episodes. People, People like it. Triggered them. They liked what they saw. Mm-hmm. They liked what they heard. All right. Let's just get into it. Trying to think of any current events. <laughs> There's too many current events. I had events. to wear a beanie today. You did? It was like 50 degrees this morning. I need to buy one. I got such a little head just like you. I got to find the right one. Because mm-hmm. I end up looking like like a six-year-old with the, too big of a beanie. The worst is when like the beanie's on to where it's going to go. Like, you know, to the top of your eyebrows, covering your ears, mm-hmm. but then there's still... Yeah, like six inches of beanie on the top. Yeah, and it like... Then you look dumb. Just, yeah, it looks silly. Yeah. Can't, you can't have that. I need to find the right one. It was too warm for a beanie for me today. Yeah, when you don't have hair, it's... I know, game game changer. Your whole body temperature starts <laughs> dropping. <laughs> starts shaking, t- teeth chattering. Mm. All right, the first question we have is from Brian... Griffith, my man. Brian. He's in, I think, New York now. He was in San Diego. That's a big shift. He was a client of mine way back when I was a little trainer at Gold's Gym. Just a little boy. I, I don't even, I did like his three free sessions with him. He was, he was, uh, he was even younger than me. Now, now he's all grown yeah. up. Gold's doing, Gym. Doing big things. And his question was, how should diets differ if you're doing a lot of cardio versus mainly weight training. So my first thought is one major asterisk here is what is one's body composition goals? Yeah. Right. Because that's going to change everything. If someone's main, uh, movement exercises say weight training or cardio like one of those are the other is prioritized but if pure performance is your goal you're going to eat a very probably high carbohydrate diet uh want to make sure you're getting proteins and fats but you care more about performance right so you and at anaerobic intensities carbs fuel that yeah and anaerobic activity so you're going to want a high-carb diet. And then from there, you want to make sure you're getting enough calories and, and, and more than enough, really. Yeah. Even if it's at the expense of a certain leanness or body composition, right? So I would say a very uh, high-carb diet for both of them. They're going to be pretty similar, but you would probably end up needing more for... Your cardio. For cardio. And it um, depends on like how, how much, too. Yeah. You know, the other thing is diet, you know, so much, it's a broad term, right? Yeah. So part of your diet would also be your nutrient timing. So that's going to factor as well too. You know, if you're going to go on a, and it depends on the cardio you're doing, like cardio is a little too broad. You know, if you're doing short runs, if you're doing high hit training, if you're doing endurance, long endurance stuff. Yeah. If you're going on a three hour run, you're not going to want to eat a ton of fats right before no. something that's going to sit and di- take longer to digest. Um, so meal timing is going to be different too, based on the length of activity you're doing. Yeah. Um, and how, you know, how many carbs you want to have to refuel. 
I would actually say if you're, I'm going to assume doing lots of cardio means endurance, longer endurance running yeah, and biking. Yeah, that's what I would assume. You're going to have to take a lot more detailed, nuanced approach um, than if you're mainly weight training. Yeah. You know, because you're going to be like, because you're going to have to think, oh, I'm running this long. I might bonk out. You might have to bring some liquid gels, carbohydrate gels with you. Um, so, yeah. So, how would your diet or should your diet differ? Uh, it's. Pro- it, yes, but it depends. <laughs> yes, but it depends, right? Uh, but in general, any kind of, again, anaerobic activity is going to be need a. Uh, lean itself towards more carbohydrates so they are both similar in that yeah um, now again that's not saying that you can't do them on like a ketogenic or lower no because you, ad- you adapt and it um, you know and you can get it done but but in general yeah the um, if you're pushing into anaerobic activities you want some carbs uh so that's how that's how we would do that not a specific that? answer but that's the reality of fitness and nutrition and yeah, again, so to take that question deeper, we it would I would more than ask, I would rebuttal with more details. Like, like hey, what, what, are you, what are your goals? What is the specific cardio? What is your main goal? Yeah. Does body composition matter? Um, those are all factors. All right, so then we also have, let's see. Ben, Ben, uh, left a question. We'll just have to skip over that. <laughs> um, here's a good one. So David asked fat loss when family may have non goal aligned foods and meals. This is more common than people might think, so, you know, like you're in the house, like you want to lose weight, but like, you know, your kids still have snacks, your significant other still has whatever in the house Mm -hmm. you know they're not doing anything um you know to help your goals it makes it a whole lot harder yeah and for one this is why with most people okay so we'll say the goal is fat loss we don't really assign hey eat these specific foods no we normally prefer to have people approach it with here is like a calorie goal a protein goal and then you can make it the try to fit in right make it work for you and that approach is great for a lot of people because of a cer- like specific circumstance like this, right? Yeah. Well, you can have some of those things. Just make sure it fits. So really, that comes into getting your portions right. Yep. Now, yes, of course, obviously, if you are trying to stick to a certain amount, it's going to be less than normal. And whatever, your significant other or kids eat Pop-Tarts all the time and you can't say no to them and they're in the house. That's um, going to be an issue. That's, that's a challenge, right? For one, off the top of my head, because this is the common situation we see, Mm -hmm. and my preferred approach is, you know, be a little more strict, have smaller breakfast and lunch meals, because typically, if you're not working from home, yeah, in the morning, everyone kind of has their breakfast, you're on the go, then you're at work for lunch, so, you know, you pack your lunch, so those meals, you're kind of more in control of, more busy, Mm -hmm. and then, yeah, you may sit down with dinner, and it changes or people want different things. But if you've just had maybe small protein-based meals, breakfast and lunch during the day, you're going to have a pretty big... You have a lot more wiggle room. Wiggle room, yeah, for dinner to really just have 
whatever everyone wants and just yeah kind of make sure your portion is aligned with where it needs to be yeah and then that's a easy baseline that's a big one approach um and we always talk about environment you know like some you may not be able to completely control everything so you know at least if they're going to be in the house make sure you don't have like just snacks all over the place mm-hmm. in your view because if you see it, it's just way easier to eat. So, yeah. you know, is that going to solve the problem? No, but it's a little thing you can do to to absolutely help um, because we all know, and I'm the same way, if it's there and I can see it, I mean, I'm going for it. Yeah. For some people, I mean, it sounds extreme, but you could, okay, put all the stuff that tempts you and maybe a a certain drawer that you don't have to open or a separate cupboard somewhere or yeah. something like that. And then maybe that will work. And then you know what, maybe that won't work and you got to get a locked drawer, you know, and then you don't, and make sure you don't have the key to it. Sounds crazy. But again, if that's your goal and that's your environment situation, uh, then Hey, there, there it is. You got to set limits somehow. And sometimes that's, you know, what it is as extreme as it might sound, you know, if you can't keep it out of the house, then you have to keep it away from yourself somehow. Yeah. And I would also say, again, this is, part of the problem with the all or nothing approach, you know, so even kind of in the question, you know, goals, fat loss, people eating non-aligned foods and meals, right? Well, I would say for the most part, almost any food or meal can be aligned with fat loss. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're now, if they're like frying, you know, you're frying up wontons and yeah, like, and there are you know, limits fried, to this. <laughs> most people, I don't like, don't eat like that, right? So if you're cooking your meals and food for the most part, again, you're going to be okay. You, you're going to be okay. Just get your portions right. And yeah, if you just don't want those meals, we'll make your own food. Yeah. Like that's or like pre- more pre- common. Prep it. And then, yeah. you know, if the other three people in your family are eating one thing, you can go heat up your food. You can sit down. You can eat dinner with them and yeah. it's fine. And remember too, like it's okay to, you know, it's funny. People will think, well, I want to eat. Yeah. Maybe these foods and meals. And the other person wants to eat these other ones. So cook your, it, it, like, who, who's to say who's right or wrong, right? Yeah. So ultimately, if two people want two different meals and you're fine each making them, like, just make them. Yeah. You know, because they could, you don't want to eat what they're eating. They don't want to eat what you're eating. Um, find find that middle ground and you, you have to do you, you know? Yeah. And, um, like, communicate. Like, have a conversation about it. Because if you just assume the other person you know knows what you want or doesn't agree or whatever you know that's not going to help anything but if you actually try and talk it out which you know generally will help at least Mm -hmm. it's out there the other person or other people kind of know what you're doing and um you know know why like it can help you out even if they're not completely on board with doing it themselves you know they might be a little more okay with like you prepping your meals and eating that instead so that could be a helpful thing to do as well so Exactly. Don't expect a perfect... Yeah, this stuff's going to be hard. These are the food environments that we live in. Yeah. So you have to learn how to deal with it. And yeah, it's not going to be easy. You may have to have hard conversations. You may have to try something that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. Um, and that's what we see with our nutrition coaching program. People want nutrition coaching to be macros and calories and numbers. And, per, and the reality is it's not. It's facing obstacles like this and then finding ways to work through them and it could take trying three or four things Mm -hmm. or having hard conversations or or ignoring those conversations and trying to do it without but eventually having to face them so that's that's how you deal with it you know if you realize it's going to be a challenge an obstacle Mm -hmm. 
you may have to give and take. Someone else might have to give and take. I mean, that's life in general. So, and then you kind of figure it out as as you go. So, I mean, I know for for me, yeah, like there's times where hey, maybe I want to get leaner, and Alexis doesn't, and I just eat different portions, or we eat a little bit different meals, right? Or yeah. maybe we're having ground beef for dinner, but she's ha- just having veggies with it, and you're having rice, and I'm having rice, right? Or I'm not, you know? Um, yeah. That's, I mean, so, that's exactly like that, Whitney and I are in the same place. Like she's trying to kind of maintain and I'm just like, mm-hmm. you know, eating more. I'm in a surplus and trying to gain a little bit and it's hard, but you just have to be, you know, like yeah. let the other person know where you're at. This yeah. is what I'm trying to do. And, and then like helping, she's like, and, Hey, well don't, you know, don't, don't buy like a snack to keep in the house. Cause that doesn't mm-hmm. help me. And for me, like, that's fine. I can eat yeah. just bigger portions and, you know, forego a snack that I, even I maybe could have fit into my day. Um, to help her out, you know, and, and that's the thing, right? It really comes down to, yeah. Most of the time, it's well, fat loss really just comes down to your total intake. So it's just adjusting yeah. your portions. You probably don't even need to change your meals. Just yeah, you, you're going to be maybe eating a little less than you normally would. Exactly. But again, and I, we drill this in so much. The problem probably arises with snacks and stuff. Oh yeah, you know? absolutely. So that's where it's yeah, like. Yeah, if other people have snacky foods in the house, it's hard for you to resist. Yeah, you might have to ask them, hey, can we keep this somewhere else? Can we lock it up? Yep. Or or just figure it out with yourself. Like, what's it going to take for you just to say no or to pass on it? You know, I know we drill that in, like, cut out mindless snacking. But that I, I'm going to assume in this kind of question, this scenario, that's going to be the biggest challenge yep. is all the extras, right? But if you're just having your meals, well, yeah, just adjust your portions, yeah. right? And if someone's judging you for that, then you got bigger issues yeah, to figure that's... out um so good question that was a good question let's see <clears throat> joint friendly justin asks justin in, i think he's in ireland let's see joint friendly exercises for over 40s and recommended rep ranges so okay so joint friendly stuff it's easier to go with like what's not joint friendly yeah um off the bat so higher impact stuff you know so a lot of like running and jumping Mm -hmm. it's going to be pretty you know, jarring on your joints and yeah. because you have, they're, they're very explosive ex- exercises, which means, you know, we'll think about a rubber band. If you slow, oh, yeah. slowly pull, pull it, it's going to be a lot less jarring, right? If you maybe whip that thing back as and far as you can let back. it go. Yep. So, um, probably avoiding stuff like that. Yep. And then a second tier is going to be where you're in fixed positions, so you don't have freedom at the joint. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's going to be rough on your joints. So think about a barbell, like an overhead press. Yeah, or even just a barbell bench press versus mm-hmm. a dumbbell bench press. Yeah, right. So think about holding a dumbbell. You have you can freedom. rotate your arm completely. Yeah, you your know? elbow and wrists have freedom of motion, right? To kind of go where what's comfortable, what fits your your body. Whereas a barbell, you're 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 in a fixed position. You're literally locked in place, no matter where your elbow or mm-hmm. wrist or whatever wants to go. Like it's stuck essentially. Yeah. So it's going to be a little more stressful on your joints. So the way we in our 
gym, Coastal Strength and Fitness, is most of our clients are 40 and over, so we do kind of program for um, that. Yeah, right? better better safety or, you know... Joint, more joint-friendly. Yeah, less risky things yeah. that still get results. So we program, we use a lot of dumbbells and cables, so same thing. Cable provides a very even resistance profile, but also independent handles, mm-hmm. so you have that freedom of motion. Not a ton of barbell stuff. No, nah, we do a ton of dumbbells mm-hmm. and kettlebells, yeah. even like some... You know, we'll say Olympic style lifts, like we do with dumbbells, like dumbbell snatches, mm-hmm. dumbbell clean and press, because then you have one arm to worry about. Whereas if yeah. you have both arms moving together, again, they're fixed on a barbell and you go to maybe put them over your head and, you know, maybe one side is way more restricted than the other. Well, you're going to create problems for that side because it's trying to keep up with, you know, the other arm that moves better. Mm-hmm. And all you're going to do is continue to, you know, hurt that joint over and over and over because you lack the mobility to get in the position. But if we can use a dumbbell, then that gives us the freedom of, you know, both arms kind of moving independently and, you know, the, the range that they can instead of forcing one to do what the other is doing. Yeah. And another big one with Olympic lifts, you know, with the barbell is your wrists. Oh, you know, they big have time. That, they all have that catch portion, which, yeah, then, you know, your wrist is going back. And for most people, like, that's super stressful. Yeah. Um, no benefit unless you have to do that exercise for your sport. Yeah. Because you can get the other benefits from other exercises, explosive benefits, and no catch. Yeah. And not beat yourself up. Yep. So those are great choices for strength training. So yeah, using dumbbells and cables instead of barbells. And then for conditioning, using uh, tools like the sled or the skier, the rower, the air bike. So all those are those kind of air resistance cardio machines. Yeah, and they're low, lower impact than some, a lot of yeah. alternatives are. Yeah, there's no, no impact. Um, so those are going to be better conditioning tools than a ton of running, jumping, yeah. even jump rope, you know, super repetitive mm-hmm. knees, ankles, you know. I mean, the whole thing. I mean, how many people's low backs hurt when they mm-hmm. do jump rope, you know? It's a great conditioning tool, but if we're talking keeping yourself a little bit safer, there's better yeah. options for you. And then there's walking, right? Like walking is really our dude underrated, movement. baby. So that's going to help lubricate our joints in a natural pattern. It, you should always try and do as much walking as you can. For sure. Um, that's even as a mobility exercise, right? We should be able to have the mobility to walk and maintain that. And so walking's great. And then again, the for maybe pushing, if you want to push your conditioning, look at things like the air bike. A, bi- a bike's going to always be a great option. Yeah. Um, and recommended rep ranges. So, yeah, with in general, I would say like 8 to 12, you know, in a broader range, like 6 to 15. Yeah. So it comes down to like a bell <clears throat> curve, right? So if you're doing reps that are like 5 or lower, Inherently, you should always be using challenging resistance, For right? Sure. So if the reps are lower, the weight's going to have to be higher. So yeah, when you just get to closer to your one rep max, there's more risk on your joints. You're using heavier weight. Mm-hmm. More could go wrong. Um, on the converse, if we're just like, well, let's do the lightest weight and do like 30 reps. Well, then the problem is with the really high reps, you're going to start getting other like fatigue factors, mm-hmm. right? So between like the burn and your, you know, ox- your heart rate and oxygen getting depleted. Yep. So then you may quit 
before you hit failure before your muscularly challenge but you quit because yeah you start getting cardiovascularly fatigued yeah or mentally and it's super uncomfortable maybe and you're like okay i'm done you know that burns too much um so then you see okay well those super low ranges super high ranges start to kind of just not be optimal um and you end up in that moderate range. Who yeah. knew? Mo- a moderate. Who knew that bodybuilders were right on? Yeah, who knew moderation? So then all of a sudden that 8 to 12 range becomes kind of, for most people, the, the best of It's a sweet worlds. spot, I yeah. think. It's not so many reps to where you start getting super fatigued. Um, and it's not so heavy with like the lower reps where you're risking more yeah, joint stress from the heavier weights. It keeps weights. the load in, in check. Um, compared to doing, say, a three rep max, which you know is going to be stressful, mm-hmm. and you know, plenty of people train like that, but it's just a lot more risky and just more load on your joints over and over, and it's a lot. Yeah, and of course, the best is to make sure you're executing the exercises. Oh well. yeah, I mean, you can take a joint friendly exercise and butcher it. So oh, absolutely. <laughs> execution's always big. So, to, yeah, joint-friendly exercises for over 40s, and really, they'd be joint-friendly for anyone. Yeah. Um, and rep ranges, yeah, go with a lot of, like, dumbbells, cables, stuff where you have, you're not, like, in a fixed position, and... Really, I, I like unilateral stuff, too. Yeah. Like, even for low, I didn't touch on lower body, but I do like that. It gives mm-hmm. you a little more freedom. Um, you know, just like the shoulders, your hips aren't always going to be even, so that allows you to kind of, you know, work on one leg at a time if they are you know, in fact, a little bit different, which they usually are. So yeah. instead of forcing yourself into like a barbell back squat where everything's locked in place and if one hip doesn't move as well as the other, then you're going to probably end up with like some low back or hip or knee pain from that. And in real life, we never barely do anything bilaterally. Yeah, exactly. Most stuff is unilateral, whether yeah. you're bending over or twisting or, or something like that. So, And yeah, and then that 8 to 12... A little more broad, six to fifteen rep range is where you want to be most most yeah. of the time. That's where I spend like ninety nine percent of my workouts. I feel good. And some people will find that a little bit higher rep, so more like in that ten to fifteen range yeah. for a lower body, is a little more comfortable. I know I just feel better in a little bit higher reps. With yeah, my, not doing like a split squat at six yeah. reps. Yeah. Um. Someone asked Mike. He asked, Mike. what's your current workout routine like? Um, you want to go first? Yeah. So, I mean, really. Ours are probably the same. Like, always is. People <laughs> always message me. Why won't you post your workouts, you know, on Instagram stories more? I do every now and then, but it's like the same stuff. So. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's like not super exciting. Yeah. So push, I mean, push, pull legs. Um, right now I'm training like four days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Do you do a rotating um like push pull legs push yeah Yeah, that's what i was doing so um or sometimes i'll just do like now we have i have two leg days like a quad base one and a glute ham one Mm -hmm. uh and then yeah push pull and i mean same you know stuff how many how many exercises per generally four to five yeah exercises per workout so one to two sets really you know a couple warm-up sets and then main set you know tracking how many uh, reps i did and then once mm-hmm. i can do 10 i go up and wait you know so the boring stuff boring actually exor- you know regular exercises like Just trying to get better over time yeah that's it rdls glute bridges split squats split squats um 
hack squat, heel ele- elevated squat, um, dumbbell presses, dumbbell rows, machine rows, machine presses. Um, that's it. That's pretty much it. Yeah, hinge, squat, press, pull. Yeah, I you know find exercises that feel good, and then just yeah try to get get progressively better on them. But also, you know, I've been working out. 15, 16 years, so not much more is going to change. Yeah, I mean, the, no one's going to invent anything that's going to really yeah. change the game at this point. Or, like, I'm not going to, like, slap on 12 pounds of muscle yeah. or something. Like, my Start- effort and consistency is good. My genetics have put me where I am. It's not, you know, I do it more for the process and the mm-hmm. part of it. You and know, the long-term benefits of it. Yeah. Yeah. And maintaining what I have what I have over the next decades. Mm-hmm. It's going to be super helpful, you know? So it's just, yeah, finding approach to, you know, I don't want to fall in the trap of needing it to be entertaining. Yeah. Because then you start to, then you're balancing the need for entertainment with inferior stuff just so you can be entertained. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather just do what's product, most yeah. efficient and productive and um, go on to the other parts of my day. So, yeah. So for me, that's, that's you know, I like push-pull legs. I like the, you know... Recovery. You mean you don't like to do legs every day? Yeah, full body. My, I mean, that's my nightmare. Full body is, um, you know, all the legs every day. But at the same time, that this is where it depends on someone's situation, right? Mm-hmm. We noticed with the gym, and I was uh, talking with someone who, yeah, they struggle with being consistent. Some, you know, this is where like a push pull legs, right, isn't going to be ideal for someone who maybe has a real hectic schedule and randomly makes it to the gym because mm-hmm. you could miss two days and you end up doing three pull workouts in a row. Yeah, and if you all you've done is like chest for three weeks, basically. Yeah. But so then you'd probably want to do full body be- so that, yeah, when you get in, you get a little bit of everything. And then if you don't get in for three days later, um, yeah, you're, you're still getting everything. You know, so if you kind of go like two days a week, full body is going to be better, right? But yeah, if you're training four days a week, Full body's brutal. It's, yeah, it's it's so hard. Um, so full body's done good that. for two or three days a week, but yeah, you know, or especially also if you're n- newer, yeah, like three years or less, um, it's helpful because you get more practice, more frequency <clears> with <throat> the mm-hmm. lifts. Um, I think as you get stronger, having multiple like leg days in a week are generally a little more challenging for people. Yeah, you know, like because you can push it, then you need a little more recovery time. Um, so it just it depends, man. Depends on who you are. I've been running push-pull legs only three days a week right now because I just kind of came mm-hmm. out of a, a deficit. So I'll probably eventually move to four because I do like that when I'm feeling good. And I've actually been adding a lot of weight um, pretty quickly. So I might run the push-pull legs rotating. Um, that, that's kind of my, my favorite thing to do. Um, but literally kind of the same structure as you. Same exercises, same progression. Up or lower sometimes, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I gravitate, I think, towards push-pull lower, and then I'll go to an upper-lower, um, you know, for a little change of scenery, but that's, like, about as exciting as it gets is switching to that mm-hmm. exercise-wise, you know, keep most everything the same. Sometimes I'll throw in some different pump work or, you know, maybe an extra curl variation just to keep things a little lively, but outside of that, like, same yeah. stuff. A lot of sauna work lately. I've been going like sauna work, sauna work. Like I'm in there, I'm yeah. in there hitting it hard. <laughs> me, and, me and a bunch of other dudes just sitting there. But I've been doing that a lot. It's actually I I've been enjoying that. Like probably five days a week, sauna. Dad walked in there. 
at one life they have a, a pretty decent sized sauna there was like 12 12 dudes in there <laughs> I was like, mm. what's about to happen to me <laughs> is that the tech center one mm-hmm. See, i just that, i just nestled right in the the one in middle ground is like way bigger the is sauna, it really yeah it's huge mm, that street sauna mm-hmm. let's see let me check over here on facebook The last one. Cool. I think most other ones we've... We've already touched on. There's one I think we've touched on before, which was the value of five a day, fruit and veg. We can hit it again. Um, Yeah, it's more... So mostly probably connected to like fiber. Yeah content so when you eat fruits and veggies you're getting fiber which helps you uh feel full which helps you eat an appropriate amount of food and not overeat right um then there may be benefits to like the variety you know because you're getting different nutrients and polyphenols and um but it's still i wouldn't stress over it you know? Yeah, it's it's not going to make or break your day having. And if you're stressing, like I only got four varieties and and four servings today, you, and you're it's you're doing more harm stressing about it than not getting your yeah. your veggies in. Mm-hmm. Another thing too is you don't have to get it all in like one day, no. right? You could get two. You could get apples and blueberries this week, and have in broccoli. So yeah, get apples, blueberries, and broccoli this week. Those are your fruit and veg, and then the next week get pears blackberries and cauliflower because remember like it's a very modern thing to have everything available Available, to us like there's a certain point in time where if it didn't grow here you didn't eat it you know so to think that we need this gigantic variety of vegetables that were grown in argentina and india and all these other places like it's not super realistic to Mm -hmm. to do that or to feel like i need that so you know just pick a couple things rotate through them don't stress too much about it and you're gonna be like you're gonna be fine yeah. you know like pick three you'd be good you know that's what i usually do we'll get blueberries and then we've been eating a lot of red peppers lately so like blueberries red peppers and then you know whatever else maybe like we have a lot of shallots which is such a random mm-hmm. thing but um it goes good with the peppers so but that's that's it that's yeah. our rotation i'm cool with it yeah i feel good and ultimately it's all everyone's best guess, right? Yeah, it, that's no, the other thing. Like, you have to step back and be like, man, well, if I ate five varieties of fruit and veg versus three, going to extend my life. And is it even going to change like, how you what, feel day to day? Yeah, you know, and that's the other thing. Yeah, well, do, do it and take a note and see how you feel, mm-hmm. you know? Um, at the end of the day... There is individual difference in variance, right? So, you know, a, a study is trying to figure out stuff for the masses, but, um, you know, look, notice how you feel. Yeah, that you feel still carries, it carries a lot of weight. I know people that, man, they thrive on like a lot of veggies a day. Like, I don't know, seven to 10 servings of fruit and veg, where I know if you or I ate that, like digestively, we would probably feel pretty, mm-hmm. pretty awful. And I just, from experimenting and, you know, upping my fruit and vegetable intake for a period of time, found that 
I don't operate so well on a ton of it, you know, like about three, four servings a day is probably my limit to where I, you know, feel fine digestively. And yeah. And for me, I'll notice where it's normally like an intuitive line of like, am I just forcing this down? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're just stuffing yourself with this food you don't even really want because, and for me, I'll notice that, you know, I can have a, like a little bit of like berries, you know, with, with a meal or some sauerkraut or, but if I'm like, if I you put four cups of broccoli and cauliflower in oh, front no of me, way. it would be, it just, yeah. It would well, be work to eat that. You'd have to it. shove it down your gullet. And I've noticed too, if I have too much fiber, I just don't feel as good, right? Mm-hmm. And actually recently I've been, so I've been having the oats for breakfast, mm-hmm. big serving of that. And then I was having a lot of potatoes, but then, you know, di- digestive and bloat and gas. And I was just like not feeling great. And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, you know, that's, fiber, a, man. that's a lot of fiber. So again, I made sure, well, let me keep keep some, and again, this is why I've always eaten a lot of white rice. So I know, oh, I'm having these oats, like two cups. That's a lot of fiber right there. So my other starch, yeah, I feel better with it coming from white rice, mainly white rice. Yeah. I'll have like one little potato, but if I start trying to get like 20 ounces of potato, get all the rest Dude, of my carbs. that's carb, a lot of fiber, <laughs> that many potatoes. Yeah, it's brutal, man. So and the type of fiber in potatoes too is yeah. you know a little and then bit if different. I'm already getting a ton of fiber from the oats, yeah, a ton of fiber from even a little bit of potato. Well, if I start adding in a ton of other veggies, yeah, imagine if you had like broccoli at every meal too, like you're gonna be miserable. Yeah, you know, so that's where yeah you have to take into account the food you enjoy, your goals. You know, if I'm trying to eat three thousand yeah. calories. It's just not going to happen. And getting full of broccoli and something super fibrous is not the best idea when you have a lot of food to yeah. eat. So then if someone was in that situation, if I really, and you're like really worried about missing out on the polyphenols and stuff, well, they, they have those different um, supplements. Like you know? green supplements yeah, like and things like that. Yeah, things that would be a good idea. Get a variety of the polyphenols from the you know different mm-hmm. whatever. Get your micronutrients um, and... Kind of an insurance thing while you know you're not going to get them elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to handle if, it. If you're worried about that. But yeah, so ultimately, yeah, eat some probably that you feel good on and that you enjoy. Um, but, I w- you know, you don't have to like keep tally and, and freak out if, if you don't hit exactly five. And don't, you don't have to keep track of all the colors of the rainbow, which, you know, eating variety is good over time. But yeah. And I- again, you, you can do it over the weeks and months. Yeah. It doesn't have to be all in the same especially like i said foods are seasonal you know you have different things through the year and that's how we would have always eaten anyways so don't feel like you got to cover all your colors at once Mm -hmm. it's fine and you'll notice if you do kind of maybe keep a little seasonal maybe you have a screenshot or something of yeah what's seasonal Mm -hmm. of fruits and veggies you'll notice if you go by what's seasonal kind of change things up every season mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i feel like we're saying season a lot um you'll end up hitting all the different little colors and and everything yeah right over time um, someone just posted that in our i think it was julia posted it in yeah, the nutrition the, group it was a really good one of the, the fall stuff um and there's plenty of them to pick yeah. from it's not like it's there's two things so pick what you like and go with that and yeah. i'm sure it'll I mean, look, work out look at fruit in the summer it's gonna be a lot of berries mm-hmm. and melons and then in the winter, it's going to be like oranges. Apples. Or in the fall, yeah. Yeah, apples. falls, apples, yeah. When there's going to be like cit- a lot of citrus, oranges and stuff. And spring, you're going to get to... Peaches? Something. Yeah, peaches. Things and like that. I didn't know because I don't, I don't like peaches. You don't like peaches, I mean, man? It doesn't even cross... Nah, man. Really? P- 
peach flavor. I it's just so I, I really hate peach flavor. Like fake peach, mm-hmm. I think is like disgusting. But I really do like peaches like themselves. But there's a really fine line. Yeah, fake fruit flavors don't. I'm not a big fan of them. Like fake watermelon. Yeah. No. Not for me, man. Yeah, I'll stick like lemon lime type. Yeah. If I'm gonna have some flavored candy or which is, like lemon lime's a classic uh, bet or a blue raspberry, <laughs> which is like not even a thing, but. We've talked about this before. What's it supposed to be again? I feel like it discriminates against blueberries. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you want to have this blue food, but you don't appreciate blueberry flavor and you think it will turn people off. So you got to go with the raspberry. So you're going to call it blue raspberry. Because blueberry is not fun enough. I don't get it. But then the funny thing is, <laughs> I did that like nutrition seminar at the gym with little kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I got uh, all the different berries. And I had them like pick which one they liked the best off of the appearance, which one like they they liked the best off of the texture, mm-hmm. and which one they liked the best off of taste. After they ate it all, and dude, blueberry one hands down. Always. Who doesn't like Fla- freaking and for blueberries, me personally, bro? I love blueberry flavor. Yeah. But then it's funny. It's not a flavor in drinks and candies. It's always called blue, blue raspberry. raspberry. <laughs> I'm gonna start a campaign against it. Yeah. Why? Why is there no blue? Like why is the audacity? Why is there not? Come on, Al. Even Gatorade, right? My, the best Gatorade's that light blue. Glacier Freeze, Glacier baby. Glacier Freeze. And I was like, what? what is Glacier Freeze? And it's kind of like blueberry. It's like berry citrus when I Googled it is mm-hmm. what Gatorade claims it to be. So, yeah. But I'm like, why, why can't it be blueberry? Because people, people, they wouldn't drink it, man. They think it's like blueberry juice. Yeah. Which is weird, but... Ah. Mixed berry. They'll drink mixed berry. Yeah, mixed berry. Yeah, they do mixed berry because you got raspberries mm-hmm. in there. I'm disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> we need to do some research, come back with the whole blueberry episode. The, the conspiracy against blueberries? Yeah. What if we uncover something deep? We get shut down. <laughs> uh, like blueberry runs existed and no one knew, but someone choked on one or something. And now like blueberries banned. Mm-hmm. Can't be a flavor. All right, well, let us know your thoughts on blueberries. Yeah, yeah, let's hit it. Or if you have any more questions. Yep, so we'll, we'll leave it at that today. Those are great questions. Those so are. Hopefully, I think a lot of people will resonate, connect to them, find, find value. And that's that. That's that. I think we got a guest coming up soon. Yeah, we got to coordinate it, but yeah. having Amanda come back on. Yep, Amanda. Yeah. Got a couple other people. So Tim. Tim. Tim's a professor at CNU. We're going to be talking about motivation and goals and kind of mm-hmm. really motivation in general because it's a whole thing, right? Like It's a lot to it. And then there's like what people think of as motivation on the surface and then all the technicalities and what it actually is. Yep. Uh, so that'll be a good one. Yeah, that'll be fun. So you won't just have to listen to us jabber. About blueberries. About blueberries. So, yeah. All right. Blue Gary signing out. (laughs) (laughs) See ya. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at CoastalFitnessVA.com or GaryDeagle.com. We'll see you next time.